welcome back to episode five of Our People podcast here at Veolia, where we connect our people to our purpose through our people. And today we're joined by Jared Morris, who I have met with in the business on my travels as I've been talking about our purpose and our values. The reason why Jared is here today is because when I first met Jared, it was just so evident to see how passionate Jared is about our purpose here of ecological transformation and how Jared lives our values and how in the work that he does for himself and for his wider team and the wider business, how he's living those every day. And he's just a joy to be around. So I'm really interested and really excited to hear from him and for you, everybody who's listening to get to know Jared a little bit more. So Jared Morris is our trainee landfill manager at White Moss Hazardous Landfill. So we're going to get to know him through conversation today. So sit back and enjoy. Jared, welcome to our People podcast. Hi Beth, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Before we get into the conversation, Jared, and we delve a little bit deeper into your world, where do you firstly call home? I'm from Salford, which is in Greater Manchester. Yeah. And you ventured into Birmingham to be here with us today. Yeah, yeah. The drive was fine on the way down. Brilliant. Lovely. Well, thank you for taking the time to come down and to to sit with me as we explore. So, Jared, um, as I have introduced you as trainee landfill manager, what I would like for you to do is imagine that, well, there probably is people in our business, in their roles that don't know what that means. So tell us a little bit around what does a trainee landfill manager role mean? So my role essentially is assisting the site manager with running the site. That can be the compliance of the site in terms of the permitting regulations or the planning regulations. And that can be helping deliver projects on site. It can be helping do the budget, um, working the finance and the sales. I think that's what I enjoy most about the job. It's so all-encompassing and it gives me an opportunity to be exposed to all different jobs on the site whether that's the guys running the tip face or it's the chemist who does work in the lab I think that's what I enjoy the most really mm-hmm. brilliant thank you um so trainee landfill landfill manager at white moss hazardous landfill can you just tell us a little bit around what that's the site yeah, entails of yeah of course so white moss um is a hazardous waste landfill which means it's permitted to accept hazardous wastes um, it's important that hazardous waste have an outlet to be disposed of because without that, where would they go? And that's what really connects to me and my values because if it didn't go to white moss, where would it go? So, for example, asbestos is a great example of a hazardous waste. Everyone knows the risks with asbestos. But if it couldn't come to white moss, where would it go? Would it be fly-tipped? Would it end up being remaining in in situ where it could hurt somebody. I think that's what's important about why white moss exists. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's ash, fly ash, asbestos. It gives it somewhere for it to be disposed of and managed in a safe manner. And that's kind of what my role and our team's role is. It's managing these potentially hazardous wastes in an area which we can manage safely as much as possible. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is this is why part of the reason I wanted you to, to come along and talk about this, Jared, because um, if 
you'll remember, we'll remember that myself and my colleague, we came and spent the day with you all, didn't we, at, at, with the team. Yeah. Um, and we was talking there around that there can be misconceptions when we, when especially in this day and age, you know, it's all zero to landfill and, you know, oh, landfill. But there's misconceptions around what a landfill actually means and... You know, I don't want to make assumptions that everybody who works at Veolia actually understands what happens at a landfill. You've just touched upon there the things such as asbestos, that, you know, if you wasn't taking it, who would be taking that? Where would that be going? Just talk a little bit more. Imagine that people really have no idea the kind of things that you're seeing that come in there. Yeah, of course. So I think the best way that I can describe it, the best analogy I can give, a lot of people's household waste now will go to an ERF. So that's a a recovery facility where waste is burnt to generate electricity to power our homes and businesses. Now, when that happens, that's great because it diverts waste away from landfill and it generates electricity from a resource which normally wouldn't have done in the past. That's, that, everyone can see the benefits there. Now, the issue with that is at the end of that process, there is an ash or fly ash which is left over, which is all the material which can't be burnt. Now, that has to go somewhere because Similar to when a tree grows and it takes up nutrients and uh, metals in the soil and then that's concentrated in the leaves, it's the same with other waste streams. So when that ash is what remains, that has a high concentration of certain metals or other reasons, which is why it's then classed as hazardous waste. So by sending that to white moss, that gives an outlet for those ERFs to dispose of that waste. So without white moss existing, you wouldn't have an outlet vis-a-vis you wouldn't have uh, a possibility of having an ERF in the first place. So by having one dedicated landfill for ash and fly ash, it means that all of these other facilities can exist and actually divert more waste away from landfill in the totality. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? It's so interesting. And when you take a step back to actually look at how everything is connected, you can see, you know, the fundamental parts that each of the sites play um so just on that point is there a reason why it's called fly ash it's to do with the size of the particles and the waste streams uh, which create it um so ash is one of our main inputs um violi has a lot of erfs across the country um and disposal of that waste is kind of integral to the business and a lot of other businesses as well um i think in the future as the uk works towards less emissions you know uh limiting greenhouse gas um erf will become a cornerstone of that you know we want to limit as much waste as possible go into landfills across the country across the globe and you'll probably see this kind of system adopted throughout europe the world really mm, brilliant thank you i was just really curious like oh why is it called fly ash yeah. but that makes sense it's tiny yeah right? of course exactly <laughs> in my exactly. in my in my language it's tiny ash yeah. that you're then having That's, to that is the simplest <laughs> yeah. answer definitely yeah. So it comes to you at White Moss, Hazardous Landfill. Why is it important that there's a team of people dedicated to sensibly, securely handling that? So once the waste comes onto site, it has to go over the Weybridge. So we have a process there where we'll make sure the paperwork's correct, the waste which comes onto site matches the paperwork, and then it's driven down to the tipping area. Um, we periodically take samples, which is part of my role, and then 
From there, the, the team of operatives that we have, they use bulldozers, excavators, telehandlers to, to manage the waste. So it might be unloaded from different types of vehicles and it has to be covered at the end of each day using our array of plant machinery. Two main reasons for that. Firstly, for certain wastes, they might need to be covered to, say, asbestos as an example. We need to cover that to make sure our team are safe. And the second part is covering the waste, uh, maybe using a tractor and a dozer to keep any potentially light materials from being picked up by the wind and transported or posing a risk to the wider environment. So that's kind of the main role, making sure that anything is contained on the site. And then our trained professionals who do this day in, day out, they know the risks and they're prepared to deal with them as safely as possible. And it doesn't pose a risk to the wider environment or wider public then. Yeah. So important. So I remember coming down and um, I, I've said to you before, open this up, give people tours, change those misconceptions and see the site because it's actually pretty. I think the great thing about White Moss as well is it's um, an open end quarry at the front end. So as we're uh, progressing the site into the future, we're excavating the new cell, the new phases. We're excavating clay, which can be used in the local area for other projects. And then we're creating this void which we can produce as a landfill which gives an outlet for businesses in the area far and wide um, for their waste. You lead me beautifully into why we're sitting talking about this today (laughs) because me and you have had conversations away from the microphones that we're sitting in front of today around our purpose of ecological transformation. I know it's something you're really dedicated to hence why you are sitting here today. but everything that you've just spoken about then, because we've introduced you as, you know, your, your job title and we've introduced what, ha- you know, White Moss does, the purpose, the reason why it's there. How does having White Moss, but then also the additional things that you're doing, connect and contribute to ecological transformation? I think it can be a bit of a, a misconception that landfill is just a big hole in the ground and then we chuck everything in there and then that's it. It's probably the biggest misconception about landfill there is. Quite a lot of thought goes into how we excavate different parts of the site, how we cap and restore those areas of the site, what ecosystems we can bring back in long term, not just short term. Um, So as an example, white moss uh, is being restored to a a peatland, which is quite a rare habitat. We also have um, some medium age deciduous woodland on site as well, which offers a great diverse portfolio of environments, essentially. We get birds, we have rabbits, we have deers, which we see in the local area, which it always puts a smile on people's faces. You often hear the guys on the radio saying, oh, can you see such and such a thing, which it always puts a smile on people's face because it can be hard work. You know, the weather's not always nice, but yeah. it's important that people realise what an opportunity this is to manage things in the correct way and that it doesn't just scare wildlife off. It does give this new biodiverse area we are returning it to the same state that we found it in i think that's important that people appreciate long term that is our goal that is our target and that really speaks to me on a personal level as well i I like to think one of the reasons i joined veolia is because my personal views line up with veolia's and i didn't know that at first it took a little while of me being here to realize we are so aligned um a landfill is going to exist if i was there or not Well, I like to think by me being there, I can help and chip in and make it be managed as best as it can be. I think that's what a lot of my colleagues think as well. Mm. 
Oh, Jared, it's just music <laughs> to my ears. And I'm sitting here just smiling because I, I, I know that you mean it. I know that you're so passionate. I think one word which always comes to mind is sincerity. I think if you're sincere in what you're trying to achieve and trying to do it for the right reasons, people reciprocate that. And you find a lot of people in Veolia are on the same wavelength in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, talk to me about that. Like, what, what do, what's your experience of, of, you know? I would say I'm quite fortunate because I work with a, a wide range of teams, whether that's engineering or operatives, um, chemists. We've got the compliance team, which I work quite closely with. And I like to think I could approach anybody in any of those teams about a challenge we've got on site. And the first response isn't, what's the cheapest way of fixing it? Mm-hmm. The answer is always, what's the safest way of approaching that or what will be the most beneficial to the environment or protect our staff and I think that's a mindset which isn't conscious necessarily it's we're all of the same ilk we have the same approach and that's not really something you can teach necessarily I think it's part of the recruitment and it's part of the culture yeah it's a behavior isn't it it's really like the word sincerity or what comes to mind is integrity is being here and doing the right thing for the right reasons. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. Yeah, brilliant. You mentioned capping, um, and some people might not know what what that means. Will you just break that down? Just a yeah, bit? of course. Um, it's a little bit of landfill one hundred and one, really. So the easiest way to think of it and visualize it is as you excavate your hole, um, you then have to put a base liner in which in this case would be clay which is very impermeable which would limit any liquids or wastes from leaving the site you then put a a layer of um, hdpe which is a plastic liner so again further prevent any liquids or materials leaving the cell then as you progressively fill up that landfill that hole it reaches a point where it's at the the maximum it's full for want of a better phrase so then we put um a meter thick of impermeable clay on there to a specification. We then put some uh, mineral layer, which again, it's another semi-impermeable material. And then we restore with uh, soils, which would be um, like returning the area to a peatland. And that's what is so important about white moss. It's about restoring it to that condition that we found the site in. So hopefully in 20, 30, 40, 50 years time, you could walk across that site and you wouldn't even know you're walking on a landfill. It would just be a natural environment, which I think that's a, a nice goal to have for any business. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's and even with the word like hazardous in the title, that's the aspiration, that's the ambition and how it all links. Yeah, personally, I think by managing white moss correctly, it prevents a larger area being contaminated. Mm. I would much rather a lot of asbestos come to white moss where we have the right facilities to handle it safely rather than it was fly tipped on every yeah. a road or b road because if you imagine every single time uh, a company has to go and do work on the side of a road how dangerous that can be how yeah. many hazards there are i know on a previous podcast you've had somebody um who works within viola who's said that's one of the most dangerous parts of their job is working by the yeah. side of the road well if you were to imagine all of the asbestos we accept was to be most of it would be fly tipped instead to get rid of it. Yeah. How many more people are at risk there? Yeah. So even within Veolia, we like to think we're protecting our staff because it's one less thing for them to have to deal with and we can manage it in a safe, secure way. Yeah. 
Everything's connected, isn't it? Oh, definitely. It really is. Yeah. It is so interesting. And I, I just on the point of, you know, what you do in the team, I would... Like Jared Morris, get in touch if ever you want to go and see the landfill, go and explore. How can you work together? I think that that's really, you know, how can you be more educated on what is going on here? But like A good bit of advice I got a long time ago now was don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. A lot of the issues we face are issues that we've already faced and someone's already got a solution most of the time. It's very rare you have to try and work something out for the first time. It's just about asking the right people the right question. And I yeah. think... Within Veolia, we are quite good at that. But I think everybody on a personal level can get better. Yeah. So I would definitely encourage people to reach out to me. I've reached out to hundreds of members of staff during my time here. Yeah. Oh, Jared. Wonderful. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. Networking, getting together, sharing best practices. That's what this is all about as well, inspiring those new connections. Um, so thank you for sharing about White Moss, a hazardous landfill, what you do in your role day to day. I want to... I want to bring it back to you now. So um, I'm sure people can hear your enthusiasm and your passion and, and why, you know, I, I want to understand why you do what you do. What drives you to do that on a personal level? I would say for me, I like turning up to work every single day. And I think that's not only because of my role, but it's the people that I work with as well. So my role might be an assistant, uh, well, trainee, site manager. And I'm trying to learn to be the best site manager I can be. But a big part of that is how to look after your people. It's the solutions aren't necessarily what's just best for the business. It's what's best for the business and the people and the staff. And it's making sure everybody goes home safe at the end of the day. And that's because that's so embedded in the culture of Veolia that really aligns with my views. Because I like to go home and speak to my parents or my partner or my friends and say, what have you been doing at work this week? And I could speak for ages and ages and ages because I get involved in so many projects which I'm so passionate about and I don't like just giving a superficial answer yeah I, I like to feel like getting into that detail is so important and that's what makes the difference between just turning up to work and then actually going to work to make a difference yeah good it's really good to hear that it's just it's people deserve to be happy and, and do something that's passionate about and it's I think it's what I'm hearing is how you how you look at it it's your approach to it isn't it I like to feel like it's a meaningful impact yeah I don't just turn up and make the numbers up I'm turning up to so when people go home and they tell their partners or whoever it might be who they're working with they say oh I work with Jared he's really helpful he's really useful he's made the positive impact on my day today I, I get a little bit of pride out of that I get yeah. a little bit of pride and I feel like that's a success to me if I get the respect of my peers and I am making that positive impact for the business well you definitely made a positive impact when I met you it's really nice to hear that so um me and you as I've touched upon earlier we we've spoken a lot about our purpose and what Veolia ultimately not just you know on a on a singular scale of the site you work at but on that global scale is is really really working towards ecological transformation all those things that you've spoken about what does our purpose mean to you the the two parts to ecological transformation i think ecological to me isn't just the world we're in now it's the world that we pass on for the next for the future really so it's important to protect what we have and maintain what we have and that's kind of the cornerstone of white moss and me personally it's preventing a bigger area being impacted it's preventing other 
waste not coming to landfills. It's about maintaining what we do have, the capped and restored areas, making sure we do look after them, making sure that our plant uh, equipment is well looked after so it can run effectively, so we're not constantly buying new equipment. And then transformation, it goes hand in hand with that. It's making sure we're, we're transforming the environment around us, getting it capped and restored, not just leaving it to generate leachate for a long time. It's about transforming the closed landfills into a nice habitat for future generations. But more than anything, I'd say it's about transforming the perception of landfill. It's yeah. about transforming people's view of Veolia and the roles that we do. Mm. And on that note, Jared, and you know, I've witnessed it when you mention the word landfill, there's, there can be people that make an assumption of what it is and, oh, like, you know, that's bad. And how does that make you feel when you hear that? I think a lot of opinions about a lot of things come down to education and your life experience and how you just mirror everyone's personality is just a mirror image of their life experiences. I'm sure if you would have asked me 10 years ago, what is a landfill? Everyone's knee-jerk reaction is, oh, it's bad. I've seen the pictures in the news, they smell, the bad. Well, it's, I, I've worked for Viola for a few years now, and it does take time to almost re-educate yourself mm -hmm. and realise not all landfills are managed as well as others, but they do have a necessary position within the waste hierarchy. Disposal of waste will always be needed. Mm -hmm. And it's about, well, okay, we can't get rid of them completely. How can we make them as good as they can be? And that's kind of where we come in. Yeah. And I, I've seen that again, like education. I, I totally connect and empathise with that. Uh, before I worked at Veolia, you know, it was always landfill. We don't want it going there. Oh, it's bad. It's digging a hole. It's putting it in. And then it's actually trying to give back and it's happening. So let's make sure it's done properly. It's so, a solution. It, that, yeah. It, the, I think a key word is a solution because the ERFs and the ash and the fly ash, that is a disposal route for them, which wouldn't exist if it wasn't for us. So I think it's important people remember that. Mm, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Really nice to hear about that and to delve into that. So, and that was very, you know, focused on the site and your role again. Take a step out of Veolia because I want people to get to know you. I, I, you know, we come to work and yes, we've got our to-dos and we've got our day-to-days and our roles and responsibilities, but what does it mean to Jared when he's at home? Like, how does it connect Jared Morris to what, what you're doing on your day-to-day? -day? I think on a personal level, ecological transformation is just lots of little correct decisions. It is choosing to cycle or walk or I get the tram because I live in Manchester. We've got a really good tram system. Um, I play football um, midweek with some of my friends out will car share, which it seems so trivial. It's just a tiny little behavioral change. But actually, if you imagine that a hundred people, a thousand people, a million people, it's suddenly a huge difference. And I think it's almost second nature now because we're so exposed to it. Maybe with the job that I do, I, I'm a bit more conscious of it, but I think everyone has these little wins every single day, separating your waste into recycling, diverting from landfill where possible. They're all great decisions that everyone makes all the time without even patting themselves on the back. Yeah. I think it's important people praise others when they do the correct thing. Yeah. I think it can be easy to be negative. I think 
the world would be a better place if people appreciated one another and said well done sometimes. Yes, Jared. I couldn't agree more. It is. It's like small but mighty difference, isn't it? Yeah. And and uh, people and people have said in the past, oh, but I'm just one person, and not everyone's doing it, so I don't need to. But like you say, if everybody has that mindset or that approach to it, nothing will change. You know. It, yeah. I think we can all be leaders within our own groups as well. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's, say, your four friends that you go to the pub with. And you car share and there's a designated driver or it could be if you're in the public eye posting something on social media which gets thousands of interactions if everybody does their little bit it'll all add up in the long run yeah yeah and seeing good behavior it's a it's a really important thing and again you're definitely somebody who i see doing that and i'm sure well i'm not even sure i know that people don't understand the impact that they have um so yeah just keep knowing that you are making an impact because oh. you've inspired me and like educated me on things so oh, thank you yeah i really really do appreciate it um so yeah i i, I really really enjoyed you coming along and was delving into your world and what your day-to-day looks like what inspires you um Is there anything else, Jared, that you want to share or just having this space where we're inviting people to come along and to, to, you know, podcastingly meet you? (laughs) Um, You'll hopefully see a photo so you can put a face to the name. Um, What is it that you just want to leave people with, like your thought or? I would say the main thing is to praise other people and reward people when they do the, the little things right. I think doing little and often, everyone taking a step in the right direction. Don't be afraid to say well done to people. I don't think people praise each other enough. So that'd be my big thing. It's something I always try and do with my team. Even if it's something I've seen them do a hundred times or I know they've done a hundred times, I always make a point of saying you've done a good job on that. So I think it, it just makes people a little bit happier. It puts a little smile on the face. And I think that goes a long way, just in everyone's happiness and re- positive reinforcement. Yeah. I love this quote and it just reminds me of that, that people, they they don't remember what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. Yeah, it's a great quote. And it's true, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you, Jared. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Before before we close off, before we sign off today, um, the beauty of this podcast is we are inviting people from all over the business. Um, so hopefully you'll be listening to them all when, when yeah. Of course, of course. You, yeah. <laughs> um, just as everyone we hope will be listening to you. And the last guest that we had on, they left a question for you. And that's how we're going to round up, round up our time together this morning. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question that was left by Nicola Murphy. So Nicola is our metering services regional manager in Ireland. And she left a question for you. So Nicola wanted to know what motivates you to do what you do every day and what's your proudest accomplishment? I would say my proudest accomplishment is getting the respect of my team because that's something which isn't easily done. I think you've got to put the long yards in to get the respect of people. And that's something that I'm really proud of because I've worked at that quite a long time. And I think that positive character um, appreciation by a lot, a wide range of people, that means a lot to me. That's something that when I turn up to work and I know my colleagues find me like dependable, I'm really proud to say that. I think motivation for me 
is probably turning up to work and having that positive impact. It isn't just turning up and making up the numbers. It's turning up and really making a difference and doing things the right way. Not doing something and thinking it's passable or it'll do. The main thing for me is when I submit a piece of work, it's to a high standard and that's what makes the big difference. That's what makes the company be drove forwards. That's what I enjoy and that's why I turn up every day. Brilliant. That's really that's really lovely to hear. And really from your heart, I can see that. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining us. Um, and yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm Good, defi- thank you. I'm definitely leaving feeling inspired, <laughs> do a bit, but you know, actively like be that change that you want to see, as you've said, and remembering that it's like small but mighty changes that make a big, huge difference. Yeah, thanks, Beth. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. As we've said, if there is more that you want to learn, reach out to Jared, like drop a message, drop a hangout, give him a call, you know, whatever it is that works for you. Um, but yeah, just thank you so much for listening and for being part of of connecting our people and hearing from our people and knowing that it's really important to to delve deeper and to explore and um and keep educated as jared said we hope you've enjoyed it and we can't wait to invite you back to the next episode have a wonderful day thank you bye